Welcome to Babe Patrol. Lava Lava Lamp Lamp Edition. Um, so why is it Lava Lamp Edition? <laughs> well, um, when I walked into Ashley's kitchen in the front of her house, there is a lava lamp aglow on the counter bubbling away next to the stove. Yeah, right next to the stove. <laughs> which is pink and purple and very delightful. Yeah, right next to the stove. You need to be able to see what you're sautéing by the light of a pink blob. <laughs> It's also a very safe place to keep a lava lamp. Is it? <laughs> well, you know, they get hot. So if you're going to have it, true. it gets hot and it's good yeah. to have in the kitchen, I guess. Yeah, totally. In do my you, mind. Do you think if it shatters into my simmering pan of kale that that would be a problem? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can probably drink those blobs, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like orbits. <laughs> That's what I was actually hoping you would say because I was like, what was that fucking drink? So orbits, that was in what, the 90s? Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, I can, I can only remember the texture. I can't remember the flavor. Was it fruit? Yes. Okay. So it was like a clear, like just generally sort of sweet liquid. <laughs> I think it was maybe like apple or maybe perry, but like mostly just sugar. Yeah. And then the little orbs were different flavors. There were a few different flavors. Oh, the orbs had a taste too? Yeah. Oh my gosh. The orbs were like little blobs of jelly. Oh my gosh. Wow. No memory of that. But I just remember really liking it. Oh my God. I remember only having it a few times because it was a little hard to find. But the science museum always had it. So sometimes on field trips, (laughs) I would get it. But yeah, I was was a big fan. I like anything with like an unusual texture. Like clearly Canadian with boba. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly. Yeah, it did have that like nondescript, just like sweet and sort of fruity, clearly Canadian (laughs) thing. Um, Can you also witness me as I tell you something awful, which is that I've never in my life had boba? (gasps) I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Oh, but that's like exciting. Now there's something to look forward like, to. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. I don't know where to go. I'm not sure who has good boba. Oh. Let's go together. Okay. I got boba delivery from Teetotaler like every Wednesday of the pandemic. They oh did my God, great. they did delivery and you had to buy two, but I would usually buy like four. And they're really only good for like Four hours. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, you know what? On Sunday, when we're driving up north, Lauren and I are driving back to my hometown to go to a tent sale early in the morning on Sunday, which we're stoked about. It's going to be like ass crack of dawn, the two of us barely speaking as we drive into the mountains. (laughs) But we will be passing through Concord. Oh. I wonder... If we could get some boba. We should swang by. Oh, yeah. We totally should. Okay. Great. Yes. I'm excited. I we, have to, we have to leave on time. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. That's going to be a challenge. What time are we leaving? Yeah. Great question. So we're going to shop at 1045. From your house door to door, your house to Garnet Hills parking lot is pro- is like probably two hours and seven minutes is my guesstimate on the okay. dot if we had zero stops. Okay. So I don't know, maybe I'll pick you up at your house at like, I don't know, eight. Then that gives us to 10 plus like bathroom break or two stopping in Concord. You I feel like. <laughs> you feel like it's too early? No, no, no. I feel like it, I was going to say seven. <laughs> seven? Seven a.m. Seven a.m. You want to give us almost four hours. <laughs> 
Well, if we're going to stop for boba, we're going to need to pee. I feel like places always take longer to get to than I expect somehow. Okay, maybe the time we'll, always racks up. But yeah, we don't have to discuss this right I now. Do, I actually kind of love it. And I think there's probably process nerds in our like listenership. Like for sure, Natalie is listening to this and she's like absolutely leaving that. <laughs> You know, for sure there are people listening to this who are like, you can't eight o'clock, Ashley, you're nuts. Yeah. (laughs) There's always scope bleed. That's the thing, right? (laughs) So you've got, you aim, you say seven, then it's like seven, 10. That's fine. You don't have to be stressed yet. Then you get in the car, you can like enjoy your boba, you stop for gas, like, and then magically there's, I don't know, you hit like a construction zone. There's maybe a little bit of traffic somewhere. Yeah. And, you might uh, be you might be right. I'm know. telling you. I am so much more of a like, oh, I'm just gonna go door to door, not peeing till I get there. Like I'm just <laughs> smash right in there. You know, so funny. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. I we'll know. I'm excited too. Yeah. I know. I gotta like Don't forget it's cash. hard. Yeah. yeah. It's either cash or you can write a check. They'll, okay. They'll actually take a personal check. I don't have checks, unfortunately. Oh, but yeah, um, who has checks anymore? But I, I somehow do. But it's because I ordered them a hundred thousand years ago, and I never used them up. You know. Yeah, I ran out, and then I ordered checks like at the bank at TD Bank here, right at the bottom of the hill, twice, and needed a new ATM card because they randomly just like shut mine off, even though it was still within date. So like I had no checks, and then all of a sudden I like had no ATM card that worked. And I went there twice, ordered checks, and said I needed a replacement ATM card. And the person was like, okay, great. And like checked all my information and whatever. And they're like, okay, like it'll come in the mail. Never came. Both times. times. Both times. I And you're you're sure no one has stolen them. No one's stolen them. Good. And so now I'm just going to close my account, even though I've had that account. That was my first bank account. It wasn't TD at the time. It was with like a local bank that then got folded into like eight other banks. Yes. But um, Yeah. Done with UTD. Super bizarre. So I'm going to go get the $25 left in that account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that you just picked that up to sniff it again. I got a new vanilla perfume. I was looking for a specific a vanilla to add to my arsenal, and I sprayed it on a um, an Old Navy Super Bucks <laughs> and handed it to Lauren to sniff, and she just finished her story and punctuated it by lifting the super cash up to her snoot and giving a whiff. <laughs> I appreciate that. I do love. I do love me some scents. And- you know, it's important to smell them over time. It is important. Yeah. I know that we haven't asked specifically each other how the weeks, how our weeks have been, but I, I need your advice on something. Okay. I'm going to my cousin's wedding in September. Okay. And I have to choose a dinner option. Oh, all right. On my RSVP card. (laughs) And I'm not sure which one to choose. So I'd like to know what you think. Okay. Okay, Before we choose, before we choose, let me get into what the menu options are. Can you explain the venue at all? Do you know anything about Um, the menu? I I don't, except that this this is the cousin whose wife-to-be's bridal shower I went to, and it was at a quite ritzy country club. Okay. So my sense is that it's going to be... Pretty upscale, like high-end catering or a facility with good menu, like good kitchen. Probably facility. Yeah like the flavor I'm getting, because I, th- I believe it is an event space. Okay. Here are the options. There are two, okay? Tuscan crusted chicken with sun-dried tomato basil cream sauce or barrel-cut filet mignon with truffle demi-glaze. Now, I will say both of those mm-hmm. sound a bit yesteryear to mm-hmm. me, um, but sounds, delicious. <laughs> yeah. Does sound a little dated yeah but yeah. um but decadent 
dated but decadent. What yeah. <laughs> that's just great. Yeah. And so, so can I tell you another piece of information? Yes. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, the final piece of information to this pie here is that I don't think I've ever eaten a filet mignon. Honestly. Not your favorite. I think filet mignon is the worst cut of beef. No way. It has like no fat in it. It's so, it's like, yeah, I just think, I think it's super overrated. Mm, Does it eat dry with no fat? It shouldn't. Of course. I mean, like if it's well prepared, but I will say that the likelihood is going to be well prepared in a catering situation. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like clearly over a hundred people going to this. So yeah, it's going to be um, so much steak. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe like some really fancy filet mignon has fat in it, but all the ones I've ever like seen in kitchens or prepared myself, it's like, it's just like a medallion of, of meat. Okay. So I would wonder about the crusting on the Tuscan chicken because is that cornmeal oh boom great or call. and then you know obviously you know it could be other things as well, well I haven't said boom in a really long time <laughs> <laughs> that took me back 10 years <laughs> um yeah that's such a good point because it could either be cornmeal or it could be gluten like in either right. way I have to be careful yeah. Uh, both. Yeah. So, oh, great. So point. I guess my recommendation for that mm-hmm. would be either yeah. find out or choose the filet mignon, which will probably Maybe. be delicious. You know what? Maybe I'll just go filet. I've never had it before, so yeah. why not? And it might not be at its best, but at least I could say I had it, you know? That's right. Yeah. And like how, yeah, how often do you get somebody else to buy you filet mignon? So. No, exactly. Like I'm never going to buy that for myself. Hello. Yeah. No. And what are, what does it say what sides it comes with? It doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. But one must assume a potato, right? Oh, yeah. One must assume. Which is, which also I feel like makes that a strong choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. Because a Tuscan crusted chicken with sun-dried tomato basil cream sauce must have some sort of mushy vegetable, no? Yeah. Or it could come with a polenta, which is also an issue. Oh, Whoa. Just throwing that out there. Not to like air your I, like food issues on the podcast. Like I feel like I'm always outing you, but um. I appreciate it. I but. think it's great. I you know, I this is so helpful. Okay, that there, decided. Filet mignon, it is. Great. Anyway, moving right along. Lauren, how's your week been? Smelling. <laughs> Lauren has to do a little snoot. Yeah. Small it's becoming snoot. more floral. Um, Ooh, the jasmine. my week was okay. Yeah. There's sort of some like just general malaise, lack of sunshine. Lack of sunshine. Canada's on fire. Canada. My grandmother's been kind of struggling with the, her dementia. Oh, I'm you sorry. know, just you know, and working a lot. So. Woof. That's a rough combination. Did you see the photos of New York? Of yeah. Last week, wowzers. Yeah, it was wild. Somebody was playing the Dune soundtrack like on a, <laughs> on a boombox with, re- with the red sun. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, no, that's good. Was it Timothy Chalamet? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was Tim Tim. (laughs) Mm. Oh, well, I think it's clearing out. We do, friends of our family have um, a wedding in Madison, Connecticut this Mm. on Sunday. So I think it should be okay. But, um, and that's like right on the sound. And my godparents actually live there. It's totally, these two groups of people don't know each other at all. My godparents live in Madison and it just looked like it was so sucked <laughs> like you couldn't even like see the sound from like the shore yeah it's just oh, man. wild yeah. yeah definitely real poke poke poke, poke apocalyptic <laughs> <laughs> i was like are you gonna say something about pocahontas right <laughs> no poke apocalyptic <laughs> poke the apocalypse um apocalypse is poking us that's yeah. for sure <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I'm sorry. I also had sort of a malaise week too for the, mm. same, for the same reason. Just so yeah. ready for something a little bit warmer. I mean, like 61 seems downright rude. <laughs> Except after what we've had, I feel like it feels warm in some ways. Yeah, like, yeah. We had one night where it got back down into the 30s. I know. I had to pull my flowers in. Yeah. I finally, like, after a few days of that, was like, fine, I'll turn the heat back on. I know. I had to pop mine back on a couple times, too. Just sometimes I've been popping it on just to get it in back up. Like, if it gets down to, like, 62, I'm like, this is unacceptable. <laughs> I'm like, this is – it's June. Yeah. So. I know. I refuse. And I'm like, okay, until the 40s. And then I get angry. When like, your house dips to the 40s? No, no, no. Just like oh. when it's like the 40s out or like overnight if it dips into the 30s. Yeah. I like to sleep yeah. with my window open no matter the temperature. So Got it. it needs to be like, yeah. you know. Yeah, I was a little frustrated about that. But... Oh, gosh. Anyway, yeah. it was only on for like three hours and yeah, brought the house back up to temp and then I could. Shut it right off. Shut it right off. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm not paying for that fucking oil anymore I know. I know. jesus I, but i also don't want it to be like 80 yet i just want like a few weeks of like 70s 74 man yeah like come on this is prime time for it mm -hmm. i guess on the day that we go to do our shopaholics it's going to be in the 70s oh nice i don't know if it'll be the 70s up north though we're driving into well, yukon okay. territoire <laughs> yeah but even if it's in the 60s there if it's like sunny yeah. you know yeah exactly i'm into it yeah um, when you said Yukon, I was like, University of Connecticut? And now I know what you mean. We're going to drive it. north to Connecticut. Like, what? We're driving all the way around the globe. We're going all, and we're going to just to end up in central Connecticut. Listen, I'm starting to feel like, yeah, maybe 7 a.m. makes sense if we're going to drive all the way around the globe. <laughs> and hope to get there by 10.45. Perfect. That's <laughs> definitely going to work out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, One last like little, I guess, funny thing that I'll say about this week. It's not funny. It probably has like long reaching political and legal consequences. But uh, I was really stunned that Trump actually got indicted. I know that the news was leaking slowly, that people were talking about it for days ahead of time, et cetera, et cetera. I know people had mentioned back when the boxes were even found that like, it was so likely he would be indicted. But like people have been saying that since 20 freaking 16, yeah, you like know what I mean? Possibly long time. It just becomes wallpaper at this point. Totally. Like, and it, like, Just and tell me when it happens. <laughs> That's my feeling. Totally. And it just felt like there were consistently, you know, like legal hangups and then, you know, extensions on deadlines and this and that. And that I was like, there's just no way it's going to happen. Like, don't get excited. Mm -hmm. And so then when the alert came through on my phone, I was like, I had to read it like three times because I was like, is what? I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And then I couldn't believe today when two of his lawyers promptly quit. Oh, I didn't read that. I yeah. haven't I haven't been able to dip really into the news at all today. Yeah. Um, and the only reason that I knew that Trump got indicted is because my dad sent me a photo and said, opening the second bottle of champagne, <laughs> which he only seems to drink when there's Trump news. So very funny. And it's very funny because your dad's in Florida. In yes. Like prime. At, well, and he's at like ground zero for Trump supporters. Oh, my God. Totally. The villages. Hello. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. That's happening. And I like don't know. I, I know it's like definitely the liberal line to be like, toot toot, yeah. But I feel so uncomfortable with doing it because I'm like, 
I just don't know what the implications are for our country and for democracy, mm-hmm. but also like we have no idea how this this is going to turn out. I mean, the woman, the woman who was assigned to the case, the judge, she's the one who like threw out something earlier based on the documents being found. So, you know, I just I don't know. I don't feel that. I still don't feel yeah. that positively about it, but it was a kind of a delight of an alert to have come through on my phone. Yeah, I'll say definitely. And I the mean, fact that like... two lawyers quit makes me happy because I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's an interesting sign. Yes. And I know there's been also counter reporting. That was the New York Times that said that, and there was reporting in, in on CNN that said that Trump fired them. But I like to think mm. they quit. That I like sounds like a think... very Trump response to two of his employees quitting. Oh, totally. Yeah, great point. <laughs> Absolutely. They quit and well, immediately I, has a publicist say that he fired them. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like classic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I have mixed feelings about it too. And it's mostly because it's like, well, yeah, there's like a part of me that's very happy because I believe in justice. But totally. um, it is also a reminder that like we spent years with a criminal in the White House. And I just want to say we have spent like basically all of American history with a criminal in the White House, but this is different. <laughs> it's on a different level. And I will demand that you keep Jimmy Carter's beautiful name out of your yeah, mouth. <laughs> it's true. But that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not always the president, but I guarantee you there were criminals yeah, in the White what? House. You're totally right. <laughs> you are totally right. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's. Yeah. A mixed bag, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Anyway, just wanted to mark that for yes. us. And because it's gossipy. History. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. You heard it here two weeks late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hot <laughs> off the cold presses. Last week tonight with John Oliver has got nothing on us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weeks ago with Ashley and Lauren. <laughs> when the fuck did that happen with Lauren and Ashley? <laughs> Uh, yes. Well, thank you for mentioning that. For sure. And for the juicy tidbits that I had yet to read. So. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. yes. Well, just note that all the tidbits I have for you are like basically from reading headlines today while working while they come across my phone. So I haven't <laughs> read any full pieces. So don't listen to me. <laughs> don't get it here is all I'm saying. Listen, we just stopped so Lauren could get another Seltz. And I said to her, I've been having a really hard time opening cans lately. And Lauren, report. <laughs> Me too. I feel like it's getting harder. I think they're getting tighter and harder too. Yes, I the can tabs are getting closer to the metal somehow. How is it? It's yeah. like they've become nanoparticles away from the metal. I cannot get my finger fucking under there. Yeah, same. Okay. And I have Busy always been somebody who like opens cans with my thumb. And Absolutely. I, I can't do it now. And I've had to like pry my nail under it so many times. Exactly. Like, and then I'm like, I'm going to snap my or nail. Or get a kitchen knife. Oh, <laughs> I haven't gotten the kitchen knife. I should probably just put a kitchen knife next to my little seating place where I drink myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, it, I've noticed the same. Okay. I really appreciate this yeah. report. Me too. Because I was like, am I getting older? Yeah. Am I not going to be able to open jars next? I was like, <laughs> do I have arthritis? <laughs> oh yeah. I do have arthritis. In but... your little finger. Yeah. Little... Lauren has a little, has a little bit of lumpies in the very top yep. phalange of Actually, her it's kind of un- left yeah. hand. Yep. Oh, it's cute. I've actually always really loved the look of arthritic fingers on I old ladies. Too. I do too. I and so it. I'm kind of like, it's starting. Uh-huh. I'm becoming the like gnarled, knobby witch of my dreams. Absolutely. <laughs> Ugh, I'm ready for that life. Yep. And <laughs> we're going to have to enchant someone or something to come and open our cans and jars for us. <laughs> Maybe we can enchant like a young lad 
who like just exists to do the hard stuff that we can't do. I love that. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to be like a rich lady who wears like one of those like head wrappy like old rich lady turbans <laughs> with a giant brooch. Oh, absolutely. And I'm getting strong gray gardens feelings yes, here. Exactly. <laughs> strong. Have lady. like an errand boy. It'll oh, be great. Excellent. Mm-hmm. For sure. That is that is it. And in in this fantasy, I'm a smoker for some reason. So. It seems All right to me. It seems right. It seems right. And you should have a cigarette between your fingers and you should have a clicky glass of something. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> and we're going to be sitting next to each other gossiping. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You'll hear it here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll hear it here years after the fact. <laughs> Our voices are just going to keep getting lower. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we're going to get an accent, apparently. Yeah, and I'll pick up smoking. That sounds great. With my asthma, it'll be this. perfect. <laughs> I'll give I'll have a strong phlegmy cough to add to the mic. <laughs> if I get to a certain age, I'm going to start regularly doing psychedelics as well. So this podcast might get really interesting in like 40 years. I I mean that sounds amazing. I'm yeah. ready. I'm All down. Right. Great. Yeah, <laughs> we love drugs. <laughs> They'll all be legal then, so it'll uh-huh. be great. <laughs> wow! Oh my God! Welcome to <laughs> the ketamine hour. <laughs> Oh man! Um, but just to go back to the can for a yes, minute, I will say please, please. I did see a doohickey on the internet oh. that um, you put over the can and you spin it around and it cuts the can top off and folds the edge over so it's not sharp <laughs> and it wow. makes a little cup out of your wow. Lacroix can. Incredible! Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we could get one of those if we need to. Absolutely, I totally. It becomes dire. Yeah, <laughs> it feels dire already. <laughs> Yesterday I was like, eh, I tapped the top of it. I was like, hello, <laughs> a little help here. Yeah, exactly. I was imagining having to get one of those like little triangle poster pokers that you would have to get to open like, oh, can, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh my God, like the can of juicy juice as yes. a kid. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I loved, I wish they still sold juicy juice in the big cans. Uh, I mean, I, I don't really, no. I'm not really a juice drinker, but it's that is. It's been a very long time. I don't even know when they went away. I didn't realize they went away. Yeah. I think they're in bottles now. Uh-huh. Plastic. But, yeah. Love that Just like a huge can of juice. Oh, so good. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Bonk. It's how I think of, yeah, and also pineapple juice. We would mm-hmm. poke it so we could pour out the juice. Also, why am I thinking about chocolate syrup? Did that come in a can I had to poke? Oh. Yeah, there was chocolate syrup in a can. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a memory that is in there. Yep. Yeah. I forgot about that. Wild. Oh, one thing that is, uh, speaking of sort of nostalgia, yeah. um, I, I got um, some sunscreen from that company Vacation. Mm-hmm. And like they, I have seen ads f- for the last few years from them and always kind of thought about it and like... You know, they have very sort of like retro branding. Yes. Oh, and my God. It's so beautiful. I yeah. It it's so really much. fun. And like their ads are really like, yeah. they just do a good job. They really do. Um, but it's that time of year where I need to like re-up my stock of, you know, SPF. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll try it. Whatever. This is fun. It's like a celebration of the beginning of summer. So I just bought like a little tube of like 30 sunscreen and like a face spray. That's 50. And um, it came today. And the packaging was so amazing. It was so spot on because I was like, okay, look, their ads are good or whatever. I wasn't really expecting anything by way of packaging. So it came in like a regular, you know, like mail box, like mail, you know, brown paper box. Shipping box, yeah. Um, But you open that and there were two like card inserts to like, you know, one was just advertising like all the stuff that they have. Um, But the front of it, they have this one product that's like um, 
it's like a whipped cream can with like the red top Uh and it's like a foam SPF and you like spray it out. So it had that on the front, but it was just like so 80s. It was just ridiculous. And and then you opened up this pamphlet and on the inside, you know, it just had all their products. Um, And then there was the invoice which they had printed out on a dot matrix printer oh, with like all of their branding and stuff on it with the, with the tear tabs still attached. Yes. So, so perfect. Yes, yes. And then <laughs> it came with a scratch ticket and it was like the scratch ticket was um, like for, I forget what it was called. It was like the metal detector. It had like a guy with a metal detector on the front and it like you scratched it off to like find gold or whatever. And it was really just that you scratch it off and it like gives you discounts or whatever. You can win a prize. Um, And then (laughs) so there was all that. And then (laughs) the actual two products came in like an an old looking pharmacy bag, like from like the 80s or 90s. It just looked like the bag you would get from like. Whatever, your local, yeah, or like the Ben Franklin or whatever. Yeah. Laverdiers, yeah. And what's um, the Ben Franklin? You know what? Actually, it's the Laverdiers I'm thinking about because uh-huh. the space that Laverdiers was in then turned into a Ben Franklin. So it had been a pharmacy, but Ben Franklin was sort of like a craft store. But in my mind, it has a pharmacy counter in the back, but I don't think that's real. And I didn't live down here growing yeah. up. Our Laverdiers was up. Up north where mm-hmm. I grew up um, and was so special to me, too. Yeah. Aww. Ben Franklin was also, like, similarly, like, kind of a localish chain. Yeah. Okay. There was one. Actually, I think the last remaining one was in Rochester for a long time. Love it. Until, like, fairly recently. Yeah. You can- <laughs> it might still be there. I don't think it is. But yeah. Um, anyway. So keep going. So it came in this, like, white sort of pharmacy bag. And it just said, like, vacation on the front. And it just, like, every part of it was just, like, so nostalgic and felt like collateral that you like want to keep you're oh. like oh this feels like a keepsake like yeah. i don't know just anyway very well done that. and all like fairly low budget in a way i was too. wondering it wasn't how like much fancy was... feeling it was like oh cool yeah yeah how much was the sunscreen i don't remember i it w- i got it on sale which is why i finally bought it because it yeah. always felt like more expensive than i yeah, wanted to spend yeah. i think i got the two for like 30 bucks oh great so it was you know reasonable cool. a reasonable yeah. splurge that's great so i'm yeah. considering now making a purchase just so i can see that packaging yeah i still have it too i should have brought it over but um i'll, I'll show you when you come to my house at 7 a.m <laughs> perfect <laughs> build in time for me to we touch the old our faces for our day in the car <laughs> <laughs> love it oh my god anyway so ashley yeah do you have any gossip this week? I uh, do. Um, okay, so I just want to remind everyone that my interests skew towards the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I love a conspiracy theory, as you all well know by now. And um, I w- saw a New York Times alert come through on my phone, like, like maybe a month or two ago. No, yeah, probably in April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in April. And it made mention of the Denver airport. And I thought, oh, man, I really, (laughs) really should talk about the Denver airport on the pod. Ooh, I Um, love the Denver airport. Tell me what you know about the Denver airport. Oh, um, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I've been there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's A few times. Um, What I like about the Denver airport is that it seems like a circus on the plains. <laughs> like when you drive up to it, it's like, what is that could not possibly be an airport? Cause it looks like it's in circus tents. Mm, um, it's like white, like spikes, mm. <laughs> like sort of. And the inside of it is 
like has this very sort of open feel. Yeah. It's just, it's, I think it's meant to like mirror the mountain range that's behind it, but Mm -hmm. it just sort of looks like, like a temporary airport. (laughs) It's, it's odd. Well, and the reason that I asked, so you, do, you, do, you don't know anything about the lore of the Denver airport. I recently saw something, but honestly, I like, cannot recall at all what it was. But I remember being like, Beautiful. oh, that's fascinating. Cannot wait to tell My you guess would be it's pro- there's probably even a, like, a video on some social media that I saved. And I was like, I should look more into this. So now I'm excited <laughs> that you're going to talk about it. I'm not going to do a full deep dive. I didn't have have like the energy or resources this week to go like blam, blam, blam. Here's the top to bottom. But I am going to talk <laughs> about some important things. So the Denver airport is a hotbed of conspiracy theories. These theories range all over the place from Freemasons to secret society shit. Um, Some people believe the Denver airport is the traveling hub for the Illuminati. Hmm. The traveling hub. First of all, is the Illuminati real? But second of all, all of them are traveling out of the Denver airport (laughs) and in. Um, some people think it's like deeply connected to underground government stuff. Some people think the shadow government that was in place during 9-11 times is still operating from underneath the Denver airport. Some people like the hollow mountain stuff, like the hollow mountain, Colorado stuff. People think the Denver airport is connected to that. Mm. Um, there's alien stuff, lizard people stuff, ghost stuff. It's, it's, it's a cornucopia of weird uh, can you tell me more about the Hollow Mountain stuff? Because, like, I've heard about it, but I don't really know much about it. Yeah, so there's, like, um, you know, in Colorado, and I don't know if this actually is NORAD, but in Colorado there definitely is at least one military base that basically they hollowed out a mountain, hmm. and that's where the base is. You can see, like, the, where you drive in and out. That's not a secret. It is not that there, That's, like, a legitimate thing, and people mm-hmm. work there, and people leave from there, and... Big portions of it are underground. I think it was planned for in the in the um, off chance, of course, of like a huge attack of some sort that you know people would be protected in this in this mountain. And I'm sure there's like layers upon layers of like airlock protection and like all of that stuff. Hmm. But I don't know much about that, um, and I'm not sure if it's related to NORAD, which is the North American Aerospace Command, um, which is in Colorado Springs. And so I think I don't think that they're in a in a, like a bunker situation, but I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn because I really just don't know. Um, but people think that, and part of the reason why there's so much conspiracy around this place is that when it was built, it took a really long time to build it. And in fact, it was 16 months behind schedule hmm. and $2 billion over budget. Billion. Billion with a B. Wow. $2 billion and 16 months over, over it's schedule. expensive circus tent. For sure. <laughs> wow. Speaking of which, just with those pokey white things, people also think that those pokey white things are supposed to imitate the KKK hoods. But Oh, um, God. But I know. I know. That's one conspiracy theory. I mean, theory. I can see that read. Okay. It's not what came to mind when I saw it. But of course not. No, yeah. because you're a normal person. <laughs> but um, that's one That's one conspiracy theory, which, of course, like the airport is like, no, it's meant to like depict, and I forget what it actually is meant to picked it was something extremely benign <laughs> but um also speaking of pokey white things did you know i did not know this but did you know that the sydney opera house is actually multiple buildings like apart there it's not connected oh i did not huh, okay weird 
Yeah. Anyway, so $2 billion over budget and that much over time, like people immediately started like jumping to like, what are they spending that money on? Like, yeah. what is going on? And like, and pe- and because Colorado is already connected to things like NORAD and like the Hollow Mountain, I think people were like, what are they building? Mm. And they must be building a bunch of like underground shit. And then it turned out that this airport has a bunch of underground shit. Mm-hmm. So it has tons and tons of underground tunnelage. And um, of course, the airport says that all those underground tunnels are used for moving luggage, except that. Every article that I read, whether it was the New York Times or the Washington Post, like it always, the language uh, from the airport official (laughs) is most of the tunnels are used for luggage. Mm. It's not like they're saying, just so you know, most of the tunnels are used for luggage. They're like, and all those tunnels, most of those tunnels are used for luggage. You know, it's like they're trying to say the like legal yeah. Sort of thing. But I'm like, well, what about the ones that aren't used for luggage? What are those used for then? But, yeah. you know, not that I, I mean, I'm sure some of them are used for like moving sidewalks and like moving people around the airport and to I don't know. Different, I don't like, think no, I don't think passengers are allowed down there. OK, that was the sense that I got because one of the reporters had to like be escorted through security to get to the tunnels. OK, so they're all like that. I just thought maybe well, they were. I, I mean, don't know. I shouldn't say they are all like that. Mm. But like the reporter stated that like she couldn't get to the tunnels. So yeah. she had to be let down there. So, interesting. you know, but yeah. it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of where it first started. There was a government investigation into why it took so long and what the money was being spent on. And in true Bay Patrol style, I did not read that in anything about that investigation <laughs> or what it found. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. <laughs> no, you'll have to look it up on your own. Instead, I would just like to offer conjecture, which is that <laughs> it was like one arm of the government that didn't know that the other arm of the government was doing something fishy. Yeah. Anyway, so um, there are a few things that I thought I would tell you about. In the tunnels, there's a bunch of like scratched into the rock graffiti that mm. you can find some images of online. Lots of the scratched into the rock graffiti includes like hieroglyphic sort of caricatures, sigils, if you will, runes possibly, and then depictions of alien life forms. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's in there. There's Freemasonry symbolism in uh, some of the, where the tunnels come out, like the gates on the tunnels have free, mm-hmm. have some Freemason symbols on them. And there's also Freemasons uh, symbols in the airport as well. There are there's at least one gargoyle in the airport, <laughs> and no one knows why. Well, that's not true. Not that no one knows why, but the airport has like a line about what that gargoyle is about, but people have decided that it's a satanic emblem (laughs) and um, because it's also rigged to talk. (laughs) It says kind of wacky shit, which I don't even know what it says. There were no examples of its quote unquote wacky shit, but um, people also had a theory that, uh, airport facilities folks were actually constructing a gargoyle breeding ground which i was like they're made of stones aren't they (laughs) aren't gargoyles just architectural Mm -hmm. things like gargoyle it's i mean it's not like is it breeding ground i love that a bunch of horny gargoyles (laughs) hanging out in denver a bunch of horny rocks that clack 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 (laughs) against each other until they break apart into the depictions of gargoyles like i just don't remember 
like, were gargoyles an actual, like, mythical creature? I know they didn't exist. It's not like I think <laughs> the gargoyles roamed the earth with velociraptors or some shit. Right. But, but in the mythology, yeah. they, were they living but, things but, yeah, that were, they, like, turned to stone? Right. Or, or I don't know. Because I was like, that's just weird. I always thought they were just architectural things. But they must be, like, pit of hell creatures or something. Yeah, I, that. I don't know. No, that's fine. Um, there's also was a belief that all of the um, dirt that was pulled out of the ground for like this massive network of tunnels, that all of that was <laughs> piled into giant piles that looked like giant piles of dirt or a mountain or mountains of dirt or hills of dirt, but they're actually food service, I mean, excuse me, food storage mounds in case of the apocalypse. Oh, so they're filled with food, stored food. Seems like they'd find a better way to do that. You would think. <laughs> so yet another conspiracy theory is about Blucifer. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, when I first read that, I was like, Blucifer. <laughs> it sounds like you just sucked off Satan. <laughs> Yes, it does. Sorry. This is exactly what came to mind. Is that, why <laughs> yep. did you not say? Why must I always? <laughs> anyway, so Lucifer is actually a ginormous sculpture that's outside of the Denver airport that's called Mustang. And it's a huge horse mm -hmm. rearing up on its hind legs and like gnashing its teeth. And it's blue. It's totally blue, and it has light up red demon eyes. <laughs> I was gonna say I've seen the statue, but I didn't. Not at night, apparently. Yeah, and um, and so people are obsessed, obviously, with this de this demon eye, and also Lucifer killed its sculptor. Oh, so let me tell you what happened. So, it I thought when I saw pictures of it, I thought it was an iron sculpture for sure that had been colored, but it's actually fiberglass, which huh. I thought was wild. But um, it is really beautiful. I mean, it has so much energy. And so it was um, created by a sculptor named Luis Jimenez. And he's from New Mexico and or was from, excuse moi. Anyway, so uh, Jimenez worked on this sculpture for a really long time. It was over it was over schedule when it was finally completed, but well, it's it, probably fine because the airport wasn't open yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And it took like fifteen years wow. or more to make this sculpture, which is wacky. But part of the problem is that Jimenez finished the head, and then a piece of it fell and cut an artery in his leg, and he bled out and died. <gasps> and that. Is what happened. Oh, I thought you were going to say he like inhaled so much fiberglass that he like died a slow like cancer death or no, something. No, it was but... a freak accident. Whoa. I know. And so he was working in like an actual like design shop. And so his like uh, collaborators finished it for him. But I think that's partly why it took so long because they were really trying to do justice to him. But he had made jokes like this thing is going to kill me like before he died, which is Whoa. wild. And so, of course, people heard that online and were like... Lucifer's a murderer. <laughs> yeah. So, and I just want to say too, that he created this, he did have like a vision. He created it in celebration of Mexican mural art and, um, and gave it like such a, an energetic appearance to mimic kind of like the vitality of the Southwest. So mm. he had like great thoughts about it and his widow still like, 
you know, talks about the importance of Blucifer and Mustang and Mexican art and mm. all of that. So um, I think that's great. But anyway, so that's another thing. People think Blucifer is possessed by Satan or and like murdered its creator. So the other thing that I'll just say as well about the Denver airport is that I didn't know the size of it, really. I just thought large airport. Mm-hmm. It's so huge. It is incomprehensibly big. It's bigger than San Francisco. The city? Yes. The airport is bigger than the city of San Francisco? Yes. Wow. That was in the New York fucking times. So Whoa. Be right. I had no idea. Like, that is bonkers, too. And, like, what are we doing making an airport? I mean, there is a lot of space out there. I mean, it's <laughs> the planes. It does feel like you can see it on the horizon for so long while you're driving down the road to the airport. You're like, there it is. Why does it feel so far away? Because it's, like, 15 miles away or something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's gigantic. And that's another wow. conspiracy theory that people have is that because it's so big, people online believe that it's going to be used as an underground prison or concentration camp by the New World Order. Wow. I know. And really I just want to say- going dark. It's so dark. <laughs> I know, so dark. It's like they're obsessed with like satanic, just Satanism in general, and satanic panic bleeds into, you know, modern days. But I'll just say it's wacky. And then I also just wanted to- make one quick mention, which is like, fuck the anti-Semitism in some of these things like lizard people and new, new world order, like has strong anti-Semitic vibes. So I just want to like, fuck off. That's mm-hmm. all. It's just what I want to say. Fuck, like right the fuck off. Oh, people also think that the airport runways make the pattern of a swastika. Jesus. Um, other, and like I said, the KKK hoods, like it's just wild, 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 wild. I would like to throw out a conspiracy about Ooh. the Denver airport. Pulling. This is, I'm just pulling this out of thin air. Absolutely. And by thin air, I mean my own brain. Yeah. Yeah. I think that all of these underground tunnels and the sheer size of it indicates heavily that it is Santa's workshop. Oh my God. I'm sick of all these grim conspiracies of darkness. <laughs> this is a, maybe it's ground zero for joy. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> Oh, he can easily and undetectably like Go. take off with his reindeer. Maybe there's a bunch of stables under there. Maybe, it's, maybe the gargoyles are actually elves <laughs> who are making presents for the world's children. And that's all these underground tunnels allow Santa to get to all of the children's houses in one night. There you go. I love it. Yeah. I think that's epic. You heard it here first, folks. That's actually the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Great fucking job. <laughs> Great job. Um, and on that note, Lauren, do you have any gossip for me? <laughs> was that it? Yeah. That's literally it. Oh, that I was just, a great one. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. I've, I mean, I love this shit, as you well know, as I've said. But the first time I ever went to the Denver airport yeah. um, was to pick up t- my two friends who were hiking the Continental Divide Trail. They had they weren't even really boyfriends at the time, but their love interests were flying into town to go hiking with them a little yeah. bit up in Boulder. And but they were out on the trail when the dudes were flying in. So me as their as their support team for this for this hike for the whole summer, uh, went and picked up these two people who I didn't know at the airport. So I just like waited by the gate with a sign that said, You might be Nick or you might be Nathan. If so, I'm your ride. And uh, they found it. And one of them I can't remember because I don't know what happened to him. The other one married one of my friends. And now, yeah, now they um, 
have kids and live in California and are great. So that was, and it was a very funny thing to pick up two people I didn't know at the airport and be like, get in my car. Yeah, <laughs> Let's totally. go. Like hoping they're the right Nick and Nathan. Yeah, but they know? were delightful. And so right. it was fine. <laughs> I'm sure you were like, hello, are you here to see, you know, Roseanne and B. MacArthur? <laughs> my, my two best friends. <laughs> <laughs> or hiking the Arthur the and Roseanne <laughs> or the Crescent Trail whatever the fuck it is Continental Divide Trail yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. CDT CDT mm-hmm. so yeah uh, well thank you for that I yeah. now I want to go think about it I know <laughs> well I want to gain entry to the tunnels and go down there and I know it kind of makes me want to go back to Denver I want to find the alien shit and I really want to find the Freemasons mm-hmm. well I do have some gossip this week hit me to answer your question mm-hmm. of a few minutes ago so I have another piece of gossip from a busybody and it is family gossip time this time around Ooh, all right mm-hmm. And this busybody may recognize themselves because their gossip has been read in previous weeks as well. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for gossiping about your family multiple times. (laughs) Or maybe it wasn't your family, but thank you for gossiping multiple times to us. We so appreciate it. Very much appreciate it. So here is the message. Mm -hmm. So my great aunt got pregnant when she was 15, which was scandalous on its own in the 1930s. The family tried to have her keep the baby, and my grandmother, her sister, who was 10 years older than her, offered to adopt him as her own. But Maeve, my great-aunt, decided to put him up for adoption. Many years later, Maeve had three daughters, but the family, uh, assuming mostly my grandmother, who was queen of the busybodies, (laughs) um, encouraged her to try to reach out to her firstborn to find out um, who who he is and how he's doing. Tired of pushing back... She got a meeting with him um, and goes down to Boston for a long weekend. She comes back, says his name is John and he's a doctor in Boston. He also said he's ashamed of me for being reckless um, at a young age and wants nothing to do with me. (laughs) My grandmother is livid at what at what he says and wants more information so she can go down and give him a piece of her mind. But my aunt says that she should let it go. Okay, and I'm just I'm not giggling because I think that's funny that he said that, but I'm just giggling um, because I think he didn't say it. <laughs> anyway, keep going. My grandmother to this day has never let it go and still wants to let him have it. <laughs> Fast forward to present day, Maeve has since passed. My grandmother is still alive. Maeve's oldest daughter gets a gift card to a local restaurant left at the desk of her work with a note attached saying, "For you and your sisters." She asks the secretary who it was from, and she shrugs. Maeve's youngest daughter also gets a gift card to the same place, and the same note left at her work. The middle daughter doesn't live or work near here, so doesn't get anything. The oldest gets another another note that gives a phone number to the sender. It turns out that it's Maeve's son. He is now in his 60s, um, and he has finally gotten curious about his birth mother's info and family. His name is... Uh, Mason. <laughs> Let the conspiracies begin. <laughs> he helped build the Denver airport. <laughs> His name is Mason. He lives in the same area as the family um, and is a police officer. They were all skeptical since that had not been the story their mom had said, but they all decided to meet him. They're all gingers, <laughs> and he shows up, and he is very ginger, too. Aww. 
He looks exactly like them. No doubt about it, he is closely related. It's clear that Maeve (laughs) brought this story about John the doctor to the grave. The whole family is torn on whether or not we should let my grandmother know since she's held this grudge for so many years (laughs) against this alleged guy. (laughs) Um, This has been a hushed debate at every family gathering. On the one hand, this guy wants to meet his birth mother's family. But on the other hand, we know that it would hurt my grandmother to learn that her sister had lied to her. Mm, Tough call on that one. I can understand the complexities. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But that is pretty juicy. I think it's very funny that she lied and kept the lie for that long. Yeah. Never told the truth. Never. I would have confessed for sure. Oh, yeah. I I don't think I could have like lied about that. But I also I knowing other people who were born and raised in the 1930s know like how shame functions that's so true. differently in that generation. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, yeah, like what a secret to keep and like mm. to have to like create some kind of like scenario around where you like go to Boston for a long weekend and come back with this story. And yeah, it's heavy. It is heavy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, she must have just like, I mean, I would guess not knowing this person, but like she must have just had so much fear that that would be his response, that it was just easier to like make, make up it. that that yeah. was. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, that's, that's a powerful logic. Yeah. That's a powerful logic. That's, that's me. <laughs> that's a me <laughs> logic Mickey over here. <laughs> If only. Um, (laughs) Wow. What would you do? You think that you would be more inclined to want to tell your grandmother if this was your story, or would you keep it from her? Oh, I I can't keep a secret (laughs) that I know that like unless someone says you can't tell anyone. Well, I I can't. I don't think I would have to tell. I think. Yeah. I would have to tell, but I would also be like you know I would try to break the news gently I would try to be really gentle and caring about how I talk about it with her Mm -hmm. I think Um, I would want to say so as well because I think it would end up bringing more joy absolutely they're gonna get to know each other and she's gonna see him and be like what an angel you know like and also anytime you can take away a grudge is probably a good thing although I don't know some people live by the strength of their grudges Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's hard to say not knowing these folks. But yeah. I also think that it would probably help repair some of what the adopted out son has going on. That's and right. And so I still think yeah. that there is probably like an increase in resolution and like good feeling. And, yeah. And it's um, just not all about this old lady who might be mad about it. You know, there's like a, a person here who, you know. Ha- like I don't I really don't know anything about adoptee trauma so I, I don't yeah. want to again speak out of turn but I feel like we should do what he wants <laughs> yeah I, I think so you too. know if he wants to know you like know him please yeah yeah that's my feeling but and also like let's just all the wow I just almost delivered the just I don't know I don't even know how to describe it but I was like let's just all love each other and I was like what is wrong with me what is wrong with me laugh <laughs> 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 so yeah that's 
that's my gossip. Thank you so much. That's a delight. I like that they're all gingers. That really. I knew you would love that bit. <laughs> brings it right home for me. Because it's also, it's so true when you, if there was a question, then you're like, oh <laughs> shit, he's a ging too. And yeah. he looks like her. Yeah, all right. Yeah. The genes are powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I love a strong ginge gene. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, Ashley, do you have any profiles to look at this week? Yeah, I do. I just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. Um, I came across this one very recently, and I just <laughs> wanted to read it to you because I liked it. It's just someone used a convention, and their mm-hmm. convention was like a numbers convention. So they decided to do like just list out random numbers with like facts about themselves. You'll see what I mean. So um, first off, the very first, it's just a long list in their Bumble about me section. And it's all emojis too. So like, I don't necessarily know all of them. So we'll have to work on that together. But the first one is the infinity emoji and then an air horn and a pile of books. So I think that means infinite audiobook listener. Okay. Yep. And then 100% and a flag, which I looked it up, and it's the flag of Jordan. Okay. So 100% Jordanian. All right. And then 23 countries, 22 states, 16-pound dog emoji. (laughs) (laughs) 13 trucking violations. What? How did they convey that? Truck. With Uh, trucks. It's just 13 truck violations. Oh, okay. Truck emojis. Like violations is written out. Yep. Oh, okay. I was trying to think of what emoji that would be. Yeah, like maybe the Like so clearly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Uh, Three titanium pieces in my leg emoji. (laughs) 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 Um, Three uh, movie clacker subscriptions. Okay. 1.5 bathtub emoji. (laughs) Do you think that 1.5 bathtub emoji, do you think that means he cleans himself 1.5 times a day do you think it means he has 1.5 bathrooms yeah that's what i would guess one yeah one and a half baths at his house i mean honestly that is hot yeah that is a great thing to have. one's a full bath and one is like a stall shower yeah absolutely it means that i can pee it's really one and three quarters yeah it just it's just a toilet (laughs) and sink but that's fine it means that if he's showering i can pee somewhere yeah which i mean i Love that. 1.5 baths, big green flag. I mean, but what I'm saying is 1.5 baths could mean one and three quarters bathrooms. Because if it's, it could either, he could be using the bath to mean bathroom or he could be using it to mean baths. Oh. And if it's one bath plus a half bath, which is like a stall shower, right? Or like a half bathtub. Even better. Then it's even better. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You can shower. He can shower. Yeah. He should really tell us how how many gallons his water heater is. But, you know. Maybe on the second date. <laughs> wow. I'm like, I have a secondary list I'd like you to <laughs> lay out for me. Some, I have some home ownership questions for you. Okay, zero felonies. Great. <laughs> zero marriages. Okay. Zero cat emoji. <laughs> zero roommates. Zero baby emoji. <laughs> and zero sugar baby emoji. Sugar baby? Yeah. What does that mean? I can't tell if it means he doesn't have a sugar baby or he's not looking for a sugar baby. Oh, gotcha. I didn't know that that terminology was used, but now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so it is actually used on the apps. I'm surprised you haven't run across this before. Mm-mm. You haven't run across like kind of older, wealthy men looking for a sugar baby? 
I have. I just never, I've never heard that term oh. used that way. Oh, yeah. that's so interesting. Because there's also a website, Sugar Baby, where oh. you can sign up to be one and men can shop for you. It makes <laughs> so perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, um, you know, I love a convention. So I was happy to <laughs> see yeah. this long list. And I thought it was just kind of funny. And I wanted to talk about the 1.5 baths. But I love that. the other thing that I need to share with you is something I ran across on Craigslist. Ooh. The listicle of Craigslist. It is a treasure trove of yeah. trove, trovey treasures. <laughs> <laughs> a treasure trove of trove, treasy treasures. <laughs> wow. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, I know. We are not running on top speed. It's Friday night, too. We're like, ugh. Okay, so the title of this Craigslist post is Book Got Love? Question <laughs> mark. Okay. And this is what it says. Seeking women's advice, taking notes for my book. Would you like your experience mentioned in my book? Can you answer some questions puzzling men for decades? <laughs> Every woman is different and have different experiences in how they treat their man. I'm looking for those who treat them good and those who treat them bad. <laughs> Deep down, what inspires you to treat him well? Do you feel like men should be punished for bad behavior other than cheating? If interested, reach out. No names will be used, just answers. I look forward to hearing from you. What kills me about that is that I'm like, oh, there's a leading question here. Do you feel like men should be punished for bad behavior other than cheating? Because I certainly don't. And my goddamn <laughs> wife, the old ball and chain, won't get off my back for purchasing, you know, like buying this random thing that I wasn't supposed to buy or whatever, spending money gambling or, you know, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, it does feel like very specific to his experience. <laughs> And also <laughs> terribly written. So bad. Yeah, you're reading a book about this, huh? Yeah, that book's going to be definitely a bestseller. You should start by reading some books <laughs> and learning some more words. Yeah. I mean, you know what? He just needs a good editor, probably. Doesn't everybody. Doesn't everybody. Deep down, what inspires you to treat him well? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, basic human kindness? Desire for intimacy? <laughs> Care, love. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm looking for those who treat them good and those who treat them bad, like my wife. Yeah. The those who treat them good and those who treat them bad is exactly the line I'm talking about when I say, are you sure a book is what you want to do? <laughs> yeah, he's sure. Yeah, apparently. Oh, man. Anyway, so I thought you would enjoy. That is fascinating. Was that a main, main Craigslist? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I believe in Elliot. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. Locale. Right around the corner. Yes. Between your house and mine. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Wild. Uh -huh. Yeah. You have any profiles to share this week? I don't have any profiles, but I did. I was thinking sort of about um, seasonality and dating. You oh, know, we're going sure. into summer dating season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, sort of the opposite of cuffing season, right? Yeah, yeah. Like people have a lot of ideas about dating when it comes to seasons. Yeah, and yeah. I've just been sort of thinking on that and don't fully understand it. I've never looked at dating that way. Yeah. And and maybe that's because like the idea of something short term, like when I think of summer, it's like often framed in this um, 
Like it's sort of short term, like no strings attached, like really fun and you know it's going to end and all of that. And that's like just never appealed to me, Mm -hmm. though all of the elements of Summer Fling appeal to me Uh other than the like short termness of it. Yeah. Because I like fun. Yeah. (laughs) I want it to last for fucking ever. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess I was just wondering whether people like really – you think the majority of people who speak about relationships in this way, like really want that or are they using, are they using this idea of like a summer fling as like, just like a filter of through which they kind of look for people or like, yeah, I I mean, I think it's a branding issue actually to answer that question. (laughs) I do believe that a summer fling is just a rebranding or is just a well-branded situationship. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what that is, but I definitely have a lot of thoughts about the seasons. Like I feel like summer is definitely about like dating around and probably like low commitment. I I don't feel this way for me, by the way, this is Mm -hmm. just like how I feel like I see it. Yeah. Yeah. In broader, in broader culture. Yeah. So, um, hijinks great fun you're at the beach everyone's like hot body is out <laughs> yeah you know and we're all like doing our thing having a great time and then it's also like n- like steamy nights and stuff yeah and you um, like date one person who like has a boat and another person who's good at picnics yeah, and, like, yeah totally. another person wants to go to out- outdoor concerts with you I mean, yeah if you're an extrovert for sure you do all of that <laughs> if you're an introvert you're just one of the extroverts options <laughs> And that's fine. That's great. That's how I serve my purpose. (laughs) Um, And then like, I feel like fall is actually high commitment time. I feel like people are looking for like the The apple. And they're looking for like the apple picker of their dreams. Like they are looking for something very, there's some, there's a traditionalist aspect to autumnal dating, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like the moment that the light changes in late August, everyone starts thinking about like wedding rings. <laughs> and, I, and I think if you miss your chance in the autumn, in autumnal romance, then you end up in cuffing season, which is, you know, all of the winter. And that is great. Cuffing season is also short term for sure. And it's doing it and it's nesting and it's gaining whatever weight you want because you're eating so much food together and loving it (laughs) and all of that. It's great. And then spring hits and everyone is horny and it's breakup season Mm -hmm. and it's breakup and rebound season getting ready for summer fun. (laughs) It's also the season you start getting invites to other people's weddings. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So then people you who met each like, other in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of how I read those seasons. And um, and that is such an interesting question. I love that. Do you concur with those assessments or do you have other assessments you'd like to enter into the uh, public debate, hmm. counselor? <laughs> I don't know. I just have always felt like an outlier when it comes to these things. Like, I mean, part of it is just that like, the things that I want to do in life change with the seasons and I want somebody to do them with. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's because you uh, want a partner for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know. So I'm trying to think about it in terms of like just dating. um, Are you more likely to start dating someone with the intention of commitment in a difference in a specific season or are they all up for grabs with the same intention? I feel like generally summer is a time when I have, started dating people that I have dated longer term yeah because there is lots of stuff to do and I Mm -hmm. I like 
activities Mm -hmm. and I like um, being social and and observing somebody that I'm going to be with in social settings. Mm -hmm. And it's easier in the summer. Yeah. But I feel like whenever people talk about these specific seasons, I feel very outside of it. And it's not even entirely like because I generally like look for longer term partnerships and like I'm not like super into like just hooking up at this point in my life. But it has always felt like like I don't know, like there's something happening in the culture that I'm just like not a part of. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, that's not like it just seems like everybody is like, yeah, this is how it is. And I've never quite understood it. And oh my God, same. Yeah. I mean, I live outside of the culture in so many ways. Well, and that yeah. is just like yet another way in which I'm like, I don't fit in here. <laughs> um, and I have to tell you that like pretty much all of my relationships have started in the fall. Oh, interesting. Well, I, you have a very autumnal vibe. Oh, my God. I'm so autumnal for <laughs> sure. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it get me to the crispy leaf season. Yeah. I mean, even my, like, coloring is autumnal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, And I think I am a cozy, warm drink and a crisp fall day for mm-hmm. sure. And I also am a champion pie baker. Yes. So yeah, you, that's autumnal. As yeah, well. you yeah, can many. excel at autumn. <laughs> yes, I excel at autumn. I really do. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for recognizing me in that way. I appreciate it. You really excel at all seasons, so I appreciate being selected for my choice season. I think of myself as more of a summer winter. That's that maybe you're more of extremes. a spring fall. I definitely feel like I'm a transitional girl. Mm. I'm a transitional girly. <laughs> I mean, I love fall and spring as yeah, well, but yeah. I am a summer baby. I fucking love summer. I just want to like wear a caftan and no shoes and listen to like psychedelic music and get like burnt to a crisp on the beach. Or I want to be in like the coziest cozy sweater in the middle of a snowstorm cooking and having people over and like reading books and not leaving the house. Yeah. I mean, that so. seems right. Yeah. Yeah. We are definitely two different people. You are into yeah. extremes and... <laughs> into gentle transitions i love that about us i think yeah, it's special it's too. awesome um, between us we cover the whole year i get really anxious about dating people in the summer because um they want me to do activities that make me anxious ah. like they want to go to the kitchery block party and that's scary. <laughs> which is me. next weekend but by the time you're listening to this last weekend yes, exactly <laughs> they want me to go there and they want me to go to their family cookout where their family's going to play frisbee and I'm going to get hit in the face. (laughs) And they want me to go to the beach and I have to wear a bathing suit and they have to decide how they feel about it. Uh, And there's just so many pitfalls. And I have to get – and then I have to explain to them my feelings about hiking and how it's important to me. And also they have to do it in this very specific way. Otherwise, (laughs) I get triggered. (laughs) So so I find summer to be kind of scary. Um, also I don't have air conditioning in my apartment Mm -hmm. and so boys do not come here in the hot months. They, they cannot, they cannot, (laughs) they cannot handle it. Well, and there's nothing worse than being hot in in bed and next to somebody. Yeah. I I don't mind that at all because I'm always cold. So Uh I'm like, I'm going to snuggle up to this very hot person who was like, get the fuck out of my airspace. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So that's like a little bit of a troublesome thing. So these are all reasons why I don't really make a very good summer date. I could see that being like not your thing. That makes sense to me. Yeah. It, it like is, again, a way that we're like very different because I'm like, let's go to all the cookouts and like yeah, yeah. play Frisbee and definitely go to the block party. And yeah. yeah. I think I could get better at it. And I also yeah. think it would matter very much about the partner. You know, when you meet someone for the first time in um, a season that you don't feel totally at home in, 
you mm-hmm. may not feel at home with that person, period. Mm-hmm. But if you have, and conversely, if you feel at home with that person, then every season will feel good. Yeah. So I think that's maybe part of my journey. <laughs> um, and to the bathing suit part, that can be scary. But I guess my feeling about it has always been that I live in my bathing suit in the summer and I don't want to waste a full year and then find out you don't want to look at me in my bathing suit. Let's you get it what? over with now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I'm so much better about that now, but I'll just say it does give pause. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. The first time that I'm like, go. I think like most people would probably yeah. feel that way where you're yeah. like, oh, like, great, we're just casually dating and now I'm going to like be mostly naked in front of you in the broad, like in the broad daylight. Yeah, like. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It takes a certain, yeah, a certain mindset. Of course, winter has its pratfalls too, because someone's like, do you want to go skiing? And I'm like, no, I do not. No, no. But I'm very good at apres ski. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I love, I, I used to love skiing and then I gave I it up know. because I couldn't afford it anymore. That's exactly Now it it's been yeah. like decades. So yeah. I'm like not gonna. It's been a long time. I have too wonky of a knee, I think, to get back on them. On them. I used to love it very much. Yeah. You know, and used to live at the base of Cannon Mountain. So I mean, yeah, you know, right. That's very true. available, but very expensive. And also, I'm just not sure that I am made for it anymore. Maybe a little bunny slope adventure would be good for me. <laughs> yeah, it could be fun. But also, like, fun. I love just going to a mountain. So I am perfectly happy to like read Same. in a lodge. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, do a crossword. Yeah, and, like, you go skiing. I'll sit by this fire. Yeah. I'll make a mold cider yeah or i'll yeah. be like back at the condo making dinner or something exactly awesome yeah and then we can go like sledding at night which i love yeah that's great but yeah or have a fire outside yeah that's also a thing i like in the winter Ooh, our hot tub yes hot tub great. hot tub stargazing i'm good at all of these things <laughs> <laughs> this is becoming quite the resume building episode for you um, yeah anyway so i i also think like Obviously, none of those deadlines are critical, and obviously, all of those deadlines are fake. Mm-hmm. But I just always find it like fascinating that people frame it that way mm. for, for for themselves. Like, and I guess it makes sense because we, you know, we are animals and we like live our lives by seasons oh, in many ways. I think but... it's patriarchy. I don't think people even frame it for themselves. I think it is framed for them by dominant male culture. <laughs> Who is like, this is the season when I get to fuck. And yeah. This is the season when I have to marry the old ball and chain. And this is the season where I get to like eat a lot of food and fuck. <laughs> and, and this is the season where I break up with all of you and prepare myself to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I made that up. I was trying really hard to make a good argument. <laughs> it's men's fault. No. Yeah, it's men. <laughs> Thesis. Menzies. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really believe that also and I don't think it's men's fault it just yes, we, we just we just uh, do you have any flags this week? red ones? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of menses <laughs> do you have any flags this week? red ones yeah content warning for my red flag I'm going to talk about um, blood and injuries and we are going to talk about bones sticking out of bodies. They're, it's not real, but it's a hypothetical discussion, but it's definitely happening. And so if it's bad for you, then um, yeah. skip ahead. Yeah. Like a couple minutes, three minutes. Yeah. So bleeding in your dating profile is a red flag for me. Oh, like in a photo? Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you have an injury that you've posted to your dating profile, I'm not interested. You are an Too a- extreme. You are an Aries. Yeah. Or you're, you're a fire sign. Okay. And I don't want 
I don't want it. I say no, no. <gasps> um, I just ran across two in the last like month wow. or so. And it was like one, a guy whose nose had clearly been broken. And it was a photo of him with a broken nose, gushing blood. Ugh. And then another photo of just like an unnamed injury. I don't, I'm not even sure what body part it was, but I was like, Grow Deo, bro. Like, <laughs> this is not what, what any... Driving down Grow Deo Drive. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, who are you trying to attract? Like, a trauma nurse? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who wants to do extreme... Surgery. Blood things. Extreme field medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this goes... Along with your mountain biker thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, just so we're clear, though, I'm actually down with extreme field medicine. That is a role yeah. that I could fulfill. <laughs> I'm not grossed out by blood or injuries. I just think it's weird to put it in your dating profile. Mm-hmm. But should they happen, I am so ready to clean and dress that wound. Yeah. I Absolutely. love that you're a redhead who doesn't dislike blood. Like, you're not afraid yeah. of blood. It doesn't affect you in that. Yeah, right. That's one of those, like, redhead things, right? They yeah. say that redheads are supposed to be. And particularly redhead men, from what I've heard, are, mm-hmm. like, they get, like, woozy at the sight of blood. Interesting. Or, like, when they get blood drawn, things like that. Well, I don't love getting my blood drawn, I'll say that. Yeah. Not my favorite. No, exactly. I used to be totally unsqueamish about it. Now I'm kind of squeamish about it. I, but I always have, hated it. I mean, I spent seven plus years drawing blood and, like, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. So I, I think I could do... I think I could be in the surgical theater, but I think mm-hmm. where I do draw the line, though, is that I don't like to see the bone inside the bloody meat. Oh, interesting. I don't want to see that. The bone's wet. Huh. It weirds me But out. the bloody meat is feels fine. much wetter. I know, but the bone is like, it looks like it should be dry, but it's wet. The bloody meat looks like it should be wet and it's wet. Okay. Yeah. I really don't know. It's a textural issue. That like gleaming white bone in the middle of the red area, not good for me. Mm-hmm. Not great. It feels very Euronymous Bosch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's yeah. sort of a lot of that in there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could see that's like a, yeah, but Boschian could, hellscape exactly. inside the human but body. could I get around it if it was an, an emergency field medicine situation? For sure. I yeah. would, I could steal my resolve and stitch you up probably. Yeah. I really think I could. You know, I I think I sort of ag- agree with the bone thing because I, I would have no problem with like a gushing wound. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that somebody is injured. And that's that is, right. That's right. That's upsetting. Yeah. But like I could deal with that. But I would want to run away, though. I don't think I would, but I would want to run away if it was a situation where there was a bone sticking out of someone's body. Ooh, bone sticking out. That's tough. That's real tough. That's tough. Okay. Um, how about a red flag for you? <laughs> Um, That's the reddest of flags, by the way. (laughs) My red flag is um, a lot lighter, I will say. But it is something that I have seen my whole dating history. And it is always just like, like, I don't know why men are like constantly relying on this comparison. But it is men idolizing the dude from the Big Lebowski or comparing themselves to the dude. And it is often a comparison where it's like, I'm like... The dude. Yeah. I'm like, ugh. Yes. <laughs> Lauren could yeah. not agree more. Yeah. Like men think that that is super desirable or something. I don't know. They think it's so cool. Yeah. They think it's cool. I don't think I don't think men ever consider what is actually desirable to women. <laughs> They're only thinking about what is desirable and cool to men and they mm. assume that women think that too. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm it's here to not. set the record straight. It's not. Guess what? We don't want an idiot burnout. Although I will tell you, 
I do sort of have a soft spot in my heart for the dude, and I am actually sexually attracted to him. Well, but uh, but uh, well. Uh, Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> All of a sudden, when it comes to Jeff Bridges, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to come up. Yes, because Jeff Bridges is fucking hot. So and hot. Jeff Bridges is my green flag. Oh. <laughs> Being Jeff Bridges is the green flag. And I would like to invite all men who think that the dude is their idol to just shift a little. Oh, that's beautiful. And try to be more like Jeff Bridges. Who has been with his wife since the late 70s or something. Yeah, and gives lots of money to like good charities Ugh. and like supports like and 68 hours of hunger and is and effortlessly fucking cool and so yeah. fucking hot yeah he's 73 and still hot oh wood in a heartbeat yeah even yeah. though you don't see his teeth when he's his bottom teeth when he talks which always seems I, odd to i don't me, mind it kind of looks like he has dip stuffed in his bottom yes. and i also so sorry red flag me but like don't mind still would yeah <laughs> Yeah. So no. In fact, if I may just remind everyone, I don't remember what episode we talked about this, but the mirror has two faces. God. Oh he's yeah. So smoking in that movie. <laughs> oh my god. In fact, maybe I'll watch that tonight and imagine what it would be like to be in a sexless but love-filled marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and him, um, Jeff Bridges in Crazy Heart. I haven't seen Crazy Heart. <laughs> Oh, should so I watch good. it? I mean, his character is problematic. Not yeah. not like swoonworthy, but is yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. It's really great. Oh. It is painful. Yeah. But okay. yeah, you should watch it. He is just such a special actor. I just really love him. Yeah. Did and you know his first acting credit was in 1951? No. Yeah. What? And it was filmed in 1940, or sorry, 1950. He was like six months old. Incredible. Yeah. And he has like a hundred credits to his name. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, he's so accomplished. But yeah. yeah, he was an infant on the screen and Incredible. he has not stopped since. Incredible. Yeah. I love it. Oh my God. Anyway. I can't believe that's your green flag. I just yeah. love that. <laughs> so yep. great. Jeff but you're Bridges. right. The dude is tough, you know? I, it's also hard because the Coen brothers can really make a movie, huh? Oh God. Yeah. You know? And so like- Absolutely. It's like everyone, everyone in their movies- has a mythology baked in that makes them seem larger than life mm -hmm. and just makes them seem like an unlikely hero, an everyman hero. Like, yeah, it's just, it makes I do everyone get that appeal. so yeah. special. Mm -hmm. um, so I can kind of understand that a little bit, but yeah, the actual qualities of the dude, like in yeah. what universe, who, why would you think that's a good partner, man? <laughs> I don't think they do. Like you said, I don't think they're thinking about it in that way. You're right. You're right. Sort I'm of right. just like, <laughs> He's just sort of like an icon to a certain mm -hmm. like genre of man on dating app. Mm -hmm. It's a genre. <laughs> and I have dated a bunch of them mm -hmm. and pass. Yeah. Um, do you have a green flag? Yes. Um, my green flag this week is just kind of funny. I like when men say no to me mm -hmm. um, because I think – I don't know if this is true but what it – what it is telling me that I don't know if it is true is that they have a strong sense of self and they are not appeasing me. I get really wigged mm -hmm. out by yes men mm -hmm. and I, in any sh way, shape or form, like friends or family members, lovers, coworkers, I don't like it. It uh, like I understand it feels nice when people want to go along with what you think or whatever, but I really, really, really feed off of honest assessment and like, and also kind of like scrabbling together to come to answers or or to like mm. narrow down ideas and stuff. I just really, really like 
an atmosphere of collaboration that like has a real hint of honesty to it. And I like that in my intimate connections too. So when a man is like comfortable to say no to me, then I'm like, sweet, you're not stuck in people pleaser stuff. Mm -hmm. You're not appeasing me. You're not saying yes, just because you're like, you're, it's like real strong, true consent. Your yeses are yeses, your noes are noes, you Mm -hmm. know? And I feel it makes, it helps to create an environment that feels safe for me, emotionally safe for me. It like builds trust. Yeah, totally builds trust. And also I feel like is an indicator that there's room for you to say no as well. That's and, exactly right. Thank you yeah. for modeling the kind of behavior that I'm hoping is cool. Like I'm going to say no to stuff. And I, and there are men who are very uncomfortable with a woman's no. Like I dated a guy who was an angel, a really sweet guy, a wonderful, wonderful dude. Hated it when I would say no or hmm. disagreed with him. Hmm. Like he one time told me, he's like, you, I don't like it when you say no to me. And I was like, well, this is not going to last. Oh. <laughs> you know, because I yeah. was just like – I have to be able to have different tastes and be different than you. We have to be yeah. different people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Boundaries yeah. and yeah, being like, comfortable know. and knowing or advocating for what you desire and need. And then <laughs> no yeah, is a love language. Opening, yeah. Opening the door for you to do the same. It's yeah. 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 There's and a lot to a no. I think no is a big yes for me. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Love it. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, before we leave you though, busybodies, we want to prep you gently for something coming up in a couple weeks. We will be going on our first hiatus. We will be ending season one after over 30 weeks of weekly drops. And this will be a time for us to dream into new possibilities, plan season two, consider interviewees yes send um, send uh, to gather new gossip gather new gossip run through the fields of gossip <laughs> in the summertime in yes. our bathing suits <laughs> yes with our our fuck piece reading yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bouquets of gossip yeah it'll give us time to i don't know do it with new people and then break up with them so we can tell you stories <laughs> A little Um, spicy heartbreak. Exactly. And it'll give us time to maybe even come up with some merch designs. So break up (laughs) your wallets. And patrons, you'll, of of course, get first dibs. You'll have forced to get coarse dibs. (laughs) (laughs) So just want to flag that for you. We'll mention it again so you don't forget. But that's coming up. Yeah. A few more weeks. And... um... And then we'll but see we will you in be a few back. Months. We yeah, will be back. Exactly. We're not leaving. No abandonment issues. Okay. None of that. Yes. But keep sending us your gossips. Yeah. Exactly. We Don't think you get any time off just because we're not recording. Keep your ears peeled. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Babe Patrol is created and hosted by Lauren Audette and Ashley Bliss and is produced by Steph George. If you need an audio producer, find her website in the show notes. This podcast is brought to you by no one as of right now, but if you would like to advertise with us, please reach out. We are interested in absolutely anybody, but if you own a place where gossip happens, then you completely should be advertising with us. Email us at baypatrolpod at gmail.com. As a listener, you can also support us at patreon.com slash baypatrolpod and get some extra goodies there for your trouble. And if you can't support us with dollars, we ask that you like us, rate us five stars, and review us wherever you listen to us. It helps people find us and gossip with us. Find us on Instagram at baypatrolpod and send us any hot gossip tips or dating stories to our email which again is baypatrolpod at gmail.com see you next tuesday busybodies
The Bay Patrol theme song was written and recorded by John Medham and Laura Cromwell with members of the former band Hawkslit, Russ Graham on guitar, Aaron Rooney on vocals, Edie Davis Quinn on vocals, and myself, Lauren Audette, on the Vibrous Slab. It was recorded at Running Girl Studios at the Hibernaculum. <laughs>